0: We are back with another deep dive. We're going to take a look at Andrew Chafin today. His season, his future, is definitely one of the bigger question marks of the team this offseason. But we're also going to take a lot of the episode and talk about Mark Connor, who is the club's new director of amateur scouting for the Tigers organization, hired, made this weekend, and uh, minor league signing, re-signing, I guess technically in the organization as well. So some housekeeping stuff all today on Locked on Tigers. You are locked on Tigers your daily Detroit Tigers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Monday, October 31st. Happy Halloween, everybody. 2022 thank you for making lockdown tigers your first listen every single day we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts including youtube uh not home out of town different ish setup uh than you're used to for sure uh hopefully the audio quality is okay if it's not i'm sorry i will be home very shortly just a weekend thing so we'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming uh as far as that goes but hopefully the the uh the audio and the the visual audio and i forget the word the video and the audio are both pretty solid for this one so we have some stuff to talk about uh pretty not a jam-packed weekend or anything we're not going to have any of those until after the world series is over but certainly a, a weekend with some news and notes I think I want to start with Miguel Del Pozo in the Tigers minor league system. So he was brought back on a minor league deal this past weekend, a couple of days ago. Was it Friday? Might have even been Thursday, Thursday or Friday. He was brought back on a minor league deal for the Detroit Tigers. Um, Yeah, I, I mean, look, a lot of people were questioning I got a lot of questions that were like why was this dude a priority or why was this something that they wanted to make sure they got out in front of and really hammered home and and kind of more so guaranteed right that he'd be back and really get him under contract or whatnot and look first off you need organizational depth like you can't come in and and I know we've talked about a a massive overhaul and and I still think that a lot of changes are coming but That doesn't mean necessarily that every single person on the 40-man, we've talked about, again, we've talked about about potentially half of this 40-man roster being legitimately, um, I don't know, having a a case for half of this 40-man to not return and and be gone next season. So I'm not trying to take away from that because I still wholeheartedly believe that. But there are some dudes in this system that you look at and, and and there's still some stuff to work with. And Miguel Del Pozo is, is somebody that is is kind of been flying under the radar for a while now. And it's he's he's kind of what well, we we presume are presuming that Scott Harris wants out of pitchers. Like he he has really solid strikeout numbers, his walk numbers are going down, and they were never even really too terribly high to start with. He's a lefty. He, he has presumably healthy. He's pitched quite a few innings in the minors over the last, I mean, I don't know, five, six years. Like he he's, he's put together a pretty solid minor league career here. And for organizational depth, I think Evan Woodbury pointed out online and, and he said something that I really agreed with and that I had the same thought of. And that's that, you know, at the end of the season this year, I really thought that, Miguel Del Pozo was somebody that the Tigers were going to take a legitimate look at for replacing one of those injured relievers or, or just pitchers in general uh, toward the the end of the season. I thought he might have gotten a look. Now, if you remember in 2021, Del Pozo got a look at the major league level. And I mean, it was like five innings, I think, five, six innings. He, he only appeared in five or six games, but they were solid innings. Didn't get, you know, torched. In that outing, so in those outings rather, and in, in that stint, I should say, so that's fine, good for him. But when looking at his Triple A numbers, the last couple of years in Triple A in 2021, he had a 2.82 ERA, a sub one WHIP, a 5.2 hit per nine, a 3.8 walk per nine, and a 12.7 K per nine. Really solid stuff. And then in in, in 2022, he had a 3.88 ERA. So a little bit higher, but still a sub four, uh, a 1.125 whip, a 7.4 hit per nine, a sub one home run per nine this year, which he didn't have in 2021, a 2.7 walk per nine down quite a bit. And then still an 11.1 K per nine. So, I mean, this is, this is a guy who's been a legitimate threat out of the pen for the Toledo mud ends for a couple of years now. And I don't know. I, I, I I like him, I, and I'm I'm totally cool with this. I I don't think that this was like, you know, at the top of their board. They're like, amongst all things, we have to bring back, back Miguel Del Pozo. But at the same time, I I think that you look at the numbers and you look at how he's performed over the last couple of years, and you kind of understand why they were like, hey, you know, in a season where, or in an off season rather, where we're going to have a lot of overhaul. I think it's important to bring this dude back, and again organizational depth. Every team needs it. You have a 40-man roster with 26 ML roster spots, right? You have 14 dudes that you need depth-wise to be able to call up at the drop of a hat. And I really like the concept of Miguel Del Pozo being one of those guys that is called upon whether it comes to injury or he just has a really hot start to the season. And one of the fringe bullpen guys maybe struggles at the beginning of the season, whatever it may be, I am totally fine with this. He's going to be 30. The Tigers clearly offered him a, a, a decent. It was a minor league contract, but a, a decent, um, you know, minor league deal because he he didn't even reach, you know, like a, a ton of minor league free agency stuff. So, cool to see, cool to see. I'm totally fine with it. Uh, if, if he, I'm not saying that this is, you know, if if he didn't come back, I, I wouldn't have lost sleep. I wouldn't have been like, oh my goodness, you know, what is Scott Harris doing? Uh, but when, when, again, when we talk about what we're presuming a Scott Harris guy looks like, I I think that it's, it's pretty easy to see that, that Del Pozo again, for organizational depth purposes, this is not a huge deal, but, uh, you know, it's, it's news and we got to talk about it. And and I think it makes sense. And I I think that's really what this comes down to. This makes sense in my head. This, I, I very much understand why he's being brought back and I don't disagree with the logic whatsoever. So there you go. Miguel Del Pozo will be back in 2023 next thing on the docket we need to take a look at our new director of amateur scouting Uh, i think evan petzold broke the news i think i think he was first on it Um, broke the news that mark connor is the new club's director of amateur scouting Spent the last 13 seasons with the San Diego Padres from 2015 to 2021. I want to say he was their director of amateur scouting. And then in 2022, this season got reassigned to a, it was not an assistant general manager. This is actually really funny. If you're a fan of the office was not technically an assistant GM. He was an assistant to the general manager. Um, so that's a uh, you know, slightly different role there. He did field operations and stuff, I know, with, with that role as well. But um, yeah, I mean, this is a, a guy that has had his hand in being pretty largely responsible for a Padres system that for a solid four years was a top 10 farm system in the game of baseball, right? All the benefits they're reaping now the Padres at the major league level all stemmed from a phenomenal minor league system in 2018, 19, especially 2017, 18, maybe more so. And yeah, he, he, this was their director of scouting. We talked about last week that uh, they they wanted to still bring in a a director of scouting. So that is what this move is again. I mean, the Padres system really solid. Scott Harris seems super pumped about it. Um, yeah. I, I like there's not, you know, it, it's hard to analyze. There's not too much of like, oh, like, you know, this, there's not stats for front office people, right? But at the end of the day, th- this is a dude again that, that had his, uh, a big responsibility in building a, a really solid and legitimate farm system over there in San Diego. And so when it comes to the amateur scouting side of things the mlb draft right that's pretty a large part pretty much all of their job uh it's very clear that scott harris looks at this farm system and goes this is how winners are made right that that's how that's how consistent winners are made they they go in and they build legitimate farm systems they succeed in the draft and he has now brought in two heavy hitters real heavy hitters uh when it comes to track record and pedigree of the MLB draft and of build building farm systems through the MLB draft. And that's really exciting. Now, another thing they have to take a big step forward in is international prospects because for so long, especially in the Dombrowski era, but for so long, this team just did not care at all about international prospects. And so many of the best players in the game of baseball today are international Signees, so they're gonna take a long look in that. I think for the most part, as far as the scouting side of the international prospects goes, I think they're holding on to some of the people that were already in place. but I think uh when it comes to well, they already did replace the top dog, right We talked about that assistant g m and and all that so yeah it's it's a really exciting time, and this is another dude that's gonna to add to hopefully. Making this team significantly better at drafting. We talked about all the time during the Avila era that this was an organization that just consistently would miss on like every prospect that wasn't in the first round. Like like straight up. And that's that's not okay. <laughs> and that's not what good organizations do. It was really our entire farm system for a while was just the top first round picks were highly regarded prospects. And then Tarek Skubal, who was a later round pick. And besides that, it was a whole lot of not too much. So the hope is that these guys come in and and do a real good job. So that's a really exciting move. Really exciting move. Really pumped about it. And I I guess we'll start seeing kind of the process as we get closer into the draft. But it'll it'll start, you know, probably this offseason. Start right away. So that's super exciting. Okay. We are going to wrap up. Uh, I have a few more comments about the front office. Just some comments I saw on a couple of episodes from last week. So we'll talk about that. And then we will get into Andrew Chafin. Okay. But first I got to tell y'all about our friends over at bet online, dot is your number one source for all your betting football betting needs at the, and the start of the new basketball season. Goodness. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MMA, boxing, and even golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, everybody. Welcome back here. Segment two of Locked on Tigers. Appreciate each and every one of y'all. Okay. So the only other thing I really want to say about the front office is we had a comment in one of the episodes. I forget which one exactly. Probably one of the new hires or firings within the front office, but uh, had a comment from somebody that talked about the vacant general manager position. Uh, we've talked about it a few times on the show, but I just wanted to readdress it directly because uh, I think if if people are still, not confused, but are still questioning like what's going on, who's really making the calls and whatever, uh, Scott Harris is top dog. Um, yeah. <laughs> Scott Harris is top dog. Scott Harris is making all the final decisions. He is in charge of everything. General manager... When that position is filled, and it will be filled, he has said that it's going to be filled, GM is no longer, for the Tigers organization, the position that runs the show. Scott Harris, president of baseball operations, that is the dude running the show. That is higher than general manager on the, the, the order, the pecking order of who's in charge. President of baseball ops is at the top, general manager is below that, so the GM will be whoever it ends up being, will be kind of his right-hand man, so so to say, right? For lack of a better term, I guess. And all the assistant GMs will then be below him, and then all the directors will be below the assistants, and so on and so forth. But Scott Harris is running the show. It does not matter. There's a lot of people – I still see a lot of comments just on on Twitter and in replies in general that, like, oh, we still don't have a GM. Who, like, You know, like, we need a GM so badly. It's not that – much of a necessity right now and if we just didn't fill it we will but if we just didn't fill it it wouldn't matter Scott Harris is running the show it's just for so many years people you know like Dombrowski was the GM and it was like oh Dombrowski's the GM he calls the shots he does everything and now there's so many more positions that they keep adding and, and it's only the only purpose really for them is just to be able to poach people like oh we'll technically give you a promotion like you're really you're you're calling the shots still um but that is I just wanted to clarify that because I I still get some comments about that in some of my shows and I still see comments about it on Twitter and and social media and whatnot so yeah I just wanted to clear the air there Scott Harris president of baseball ops top dog high highest position up there outside of uh outside of the Illich family obviously so uh we'll see who he brings in as general manager apparently the interview process has to be reasonably close uh he said uh, last week maybe a week and a half ago now that uh he had a list and 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 whatnot but hadn't started interviewing people so i'd imagine that that's coming but uh, again even if it's not something that happens like right it's not needed right when the free agency started starts rather he can do it kind of whenever he wants because he is in charge and he is making the decisions okay okay Let's get into Andrew Chafin now. Uh, phenomenal season. What is there to really say? That, like, I, I felt comfortable doing Chafin in an episode where we talked about, like, news and notes of other stuff just because there's not too much analysis. He's phenomenal. He's an incredible pitcher. He's one of the better relievers in the game of baseball. He has been for a couple of seasons now. He's great. He's a lefty. That adds value. Andrew Chafin is is one of the premier relievers in the sport. And it's awesome that he's a Detroit Tiger for the time being. Just to clarify that point, I guess we'll talk about average exit velocity, 73rd percentile, hard hit percentage, 81st percentile. um, Expected batting average, 86th percentile. Expected slugging percentage, 86th percentile. K percentage, 78th percentile, walk 49th, but with 87th percentile chase rate, 89th percentile. I I mean, he's, he's phenomenal. The only thing he really struggled with was barrel percentage. He was in the 30th percentile. Um, And I guess you, you maybe want to see him walk a few less batters, right? 49th percentile, right? Middle of the pack there. But um, I, I mean, as a whole, just he's, he's lethal, man. He's so good. He is so good at his job. And it's it's a pleasure to watch. He had one stretch, I feel like, this season. Right? One stretch there in the second half. It was like a week and a half long where he gave up like a couple home runs and we were like, oh no. And then he was fine. <laughs> like he's he's so good. And I think he might have gotten off to a soup like a little bit of a slow start too. I'm trying to remember back in April but i feel like maybe in like the first couple of weeks of the season or something people are like oh no we got he the got hurt yeah he started off hurt that's what it was and then he came back yeah 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 he he's he's phenomenal though that whatever few and far between uh pitch mix really solid and you know he's kind of an anomaly because he's consistently good i mean he there's an argument he was the best reliever in baseball last year which is cr- 2021 I, I should probably start just saying years because Uh, last season might be 2022 now there's an argument that he was one of the if not the best lefty reliever in in the game of baseball in 2021 he was unbelievable sub two era just amazing and i mean he really only has like fastball slider like that's kind of all he throws but and the fastball isn't even like that fast like (laughs) He throws like a ninety two mile an hour fastball and then just a really, really, really good slider and and like that shows longevity in my eyes too. like he's thirty two going on thirty three like I don't know if if you're able to get that many whiffs and that many chases and that many swings and misses and and strikeouts without an overpowering fastball, who says that you can't go and pitch until you're forty if you want to, right? And he's such a great personality and everybody loves Andrew Chafin and whatnot, for sure. But uh, it, it's just uh, uh, he is he's is fascinating for so many reasons. Andrew Chafin is, is fascinating to me and I'm sure to so many people. So really, really great year. Like I said, not not too much else to even go over. I think everybody's pretty aware that he had a great season uh the k percentage went up a little bit from 2021 the walk rate went up a hair from 2021 I, again i guess if you really had a nitpick you could say you know maybe get like a little less walks i mean like the barrel rate maybe but again like he 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 throws a sinker a lot and he has the ability to miss barrels on that pitch when it's on like the the barrelled up pitches was mostly the four seam i I don't know. I don't want to get too nitpicky. Like he, he's one of the better lefty relievers in, in the American league and has been for a couple of years now. So it, it's, it's a pleasure that, that he is a Detroit tiger. It's an honor truly. So, okay. Not again, not too terribly much. He's really good. I think the really intriguing conversation just comes with his future because he's kind of got a weird contract going on and we got to talk about what could happen with him next season. So we will do that right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Third and final segment of Locked on Tiger. So talking to Andrew Chafin, player option. Player option. And that's what this whole Andrew Chafin offseason is going to come down to. He's not like one of the more talked about stories going into the offseason, but I think that's more so because it's really just ball in his court. Like it's not really a situation where, The Tigers can do a whole heck of a lot. Like, he's got a player option. And if he wants to opt out, then guess what? He's going to opt out. And who knows what he's going to do? Because he's such, in the best way possibly, such a weird guy. And, like, I love him because he's a weird guy. But, like, he is. I'm not sure he really cares about winning. Um. So like I don't know if that hurts or helps us. Uh, I, I think he just wants to be able to like go home to his farm and and like spend time with his his wife and kids. Like I, <laughs> I I think I think baseball is like I you know he he clearly is very passionate. We see him you know scream and yell on the mound and stuff and and he he very clearly is a competitive. Dude, like a very competitive dude, but I, I don't want to get this misconstrued as like he doesn't care about his job. No, he's really good at his job and cares about it for sure. It's just like, I, I think he views it as, as like, this is just work. Like anybody else's like a job. You get up, you go to work, you make money for your family, you come home. And like, that's, I, I think, I don't know him, but like, that's just the vibe I get because I, I don't like, he doesn't watch baseball. He admitted, he's like, yeah, I don't really really watch baseball too much like when I'm home and he, he's like, Yeah, you know, when he we signed him, people asked him, you know, like, hey man, how's it feel to join like this nice young core? And he's like, oh, I don't really know. I just like my agent told me that I was gonna be a tiger and I said, Okay, that's cool. I'm like, Okay, dude, like that's great. Um he he I remember the injury to start the season, he missed the first few weeks and when he came back, they asked him. They were like, "How does it feel like this bullpen's really clicking? How does it feel to join a bullpen that's been doing so well?" He's like, "Yeah, I haven't watched a game, but like, I'm glad that everyone's doing well. Like, you know what I mean?" He's he's just he's such an anomaly that it almost stresses me out about whether he's going to opt in or out because like, who knows? Like, again, I don't think it's motivated by winning. I, I don't know how much of a factor money is. Like, is is, you know, 50000 more a year going to, like, push the needle one way or the other? Or, like, if his agent thinks he can get just a few bucks more, is that really going to be worth opting out for him? How how close to the Tigers, to, like, his ranches, like, Detroit, to, to you know, like, his farms? Like, I don't, I don't know, man. He's just, I, I love him. I love him. And, and I, I, you know, wish him nothing but the best. It just, it stresses me out because I have no clue. He doesn't have quote unquote normal that's probably not even the right word but he he doesn't have the motives like the motivation that a lot of other free agents like outwardly appear to have and maybe he does maybe like again I don't know and maybe this is just completely misconstrued but it's just you know based on the comments he makes it, it just I don't know He he's a he's a wild card I guess is my point he could really do anything and it wouldn't surprise me that, that's really the point I want to drive home so I don't know. We'll see. But player option, uh, if he opts out, I will, I mean, it, it'll suck for sure. But, like, if you think you can get paid more, you think you can get paid more. And that's just it at the end of the day. um, I made, during the trade deadline, I made our, our post-trade deadline episode here, we talked about the fact that Andrew Chafin, love him, like crazy, but I, I just – I didn't understand why he was still on this team after the trade deadline. And the only thing that people were saying to really combat what I was saying was, oh, it's because he's like – he talked to the front office and he's like guaranteed to opt in to the player option. We want him next year. That doesn't really answer – like my point because my point was hey this front office lacks complete creativity no one ever gets traded in this organization at least in the Avila era no one ever got traded with more than half a year of team control and guess what rentals don't go for too much so you need to trade players with more than just half a season of team control to get legitimate value and I thought then you know th- there's some th- that was the the only rebuttal that really somewhat I I thought was justified was like oh you know other teams don't know if he'll opt in either sure totally fair but at the end of the day it's I I I still think that that I still stand by that I still believe in that it's just uh it's all uh player options are weird man it's just a weird situation on what's going to happen so hopefully he opts in like I again I I think the right move would have been to trade him but at the same time now that we didn't like please opt in I, I don't want to have you just for one season when we were terrible that would be a waste of everybody's time not his I guess he got his check but waste of all of all of our time you know what I mean so yeah I I hope that that he opts in and we'll see what happens with the bullpen this year if you want to talk about odds that he's back again player options are weird if he opts in this this sounds so captain obviously but like if he opts in, he'll be back. Like (laughs) if he opts in, the Tigers aren't going to have him opt in and then like trade him. Like, I I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Maybe at the deadline, depending on where they're at. uh, In which case we will get way less for him this year than we would have gotten for him. If we traded him at the 2022 deadline, that that's always a possibility. Lefty relievers at the deadline go like crazy. So that that's always, there's always a chance for that. But, I mean, yeah, I like if if he if he opts in, then he's gonna be back. He's like an eighty-five. Odds that he opts in. I have no clue. It's Andrew Chaffin. He's he's a complete wild card. Um, how about like a? We'll go with a sixty-three. A sixty-three. Not quite ready to give him that, that 65, that like mid or high 60s connotation, but I'm okay with a 63. I think yeah, maybe a 60. Low 60s. Somewhere in the low 60s. Because, again, he opts in, he's back. But I, I have no clue what's going on in that dude's head and if he's going to come back or not. Zero idea. There's been no conversations about it. There were some people that said like, oh, he's going to opt in because his farm is like close to one of his farms is like close to like Detroit. And that's why, like, I don't know him. I don't know if that's true. Who knows, man? (laughs) Who knows? We'll see. But fact of the matter is one of the better relievers in the game of baseball, one of the better lefty relievers in the game of baseball, certainly one of the better relievers in the American League. If he opts in, you have him for another season. Crazy, cool guy. <laughs> cool guy. Cool guy, Andrew Chafin. I think that's all I got for you. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. For your next listen, check on the Locked On Sports Today podcast. From the games that matter most to the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights, only Locked On can provide the Locked On Sports Today podcast on Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast yeah i think that's all i got for you a little bit shorter today Uh, this is like how long they're supposed to be but a little bit shorter for my standards today uh again hope the audio quality was decent if it's not i'm really sorry i'll be back home i think in two days so we'll be chilling then um andrew chafin news and notes yeah i think that's it peace and love going to therapy's dope go blue paul's home baby catch y'all tomorrow go tigers